Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are very excited to have Zibby Owens on our show today. Zibby is an author, podcaster, publisher, CEO, and mother of four, as well as the owner of Zibby Owens Media. She also has a bookstore, so there's so much to get into today. We cannot wait to hear all about your company, your career, and more. So thank you so much, Zibby, for being here. It is my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Can we start? Will you walk us through your career? <laughs> I mean, the quick version. Uh, the quick version is I've loved books and writing my entire life. Um, I was that kid with a book, nose in a book all the time. And I wanted to be the youngest novelist ever when I was eight or something. So now I'm finally going to become a novelist when I'm 47, but that's fine. I got there. Um, I had a career with twists and turns when I realized after an internship at Vanity Fair that there is no clear path to becoming a writer. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my freshman year of college. And I tried a bunch of different things. I was a psychology major. I worked in an inpatient unit at a psychiatric hospital and thought a lot about becoming a psychologist, which I feel like I actually am part-time. Um, so um, I worked in marketing because I really love branding so much. And I worked at a collection of startups after college in California, in LA, um, watching companies launch because I also love the entrepreneurial side of starting businesses and uh, coming up with fun ideas and helped launch a fragrance at Unilever for Vera Wang. And then I went to business school where um, I went through a lot of life-changing events, not the least of which was losing my college roommate and best friend on 9-11, which made me rethink what I wanted to do. And I also, by the way, met so many people at business school who really wanted to be marketers. Like I wanted, I, I went to school thinking that's what I was going to school for is marketing. And I liked marketing, but I met people who loved marketing the way I love writing and reading and doing everything mm -hmm. in that. And so I started rethinking the whole thing. Uh, I took a year off after school. I wrote a book. It didn't sell. I ended up ghostwriting another book, which did sell. And then I basically took 11 years at home off with my kids. I have four kids. Yeah who are now 16 to eight, almost nine. And uh, while I did that, I was never really sitting around. I was very busy. Uh, wow. I was writing. I did freelance writing articles. I helped a few friends who were starting up companies. Um, and then after I got divorced with my kids were older, well, kind of older, um, I had some free time every other weekend when they were with their dad, which was really hard to get used to. Yeah. And I got back into writing. I got back into reading. I could do sort of whatever I wanted with that time. And I realized, you know, again, how life is short, but it was time to rewrite my own story. And so I went back to writing. I wrote a whole nother book. Um, I wrote proposals for lots of other books. I got an agent. Um, and then I had a friend who suggested I start a podcast because I wasn't even on social media. And the podcast was Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, where I decided mm. to interview an author every episode. It started once a week. It moved to daily during the pandemic and has stayed daily. Wow. Uh, it led to all these other things that was not the plan. But as soon as I felt where it should go, I, I followed. So it led to in-person salons. It led to a book club, mm. uh, live interviews. I started moderating a lot of bookstore events, um, a platform where people, authors wrote essays that became 
became Zippy Mag. Um, it's now led to a bookstore and a publishing house, which takes up a huge fortune of my time called Zippy Books. Um, the magazine events retreats. I opened a bookstore recently in California. <laughs> um, and it just, and I've had uh, the, a memoir come out and a children's book wow. and two anthologies. And now I have a novel coming out and oh, it's wow. just been exploding lately. So that's so where it came from. <laughs> so crazy. Well, this is about you, but I, I really understand exactly what you're talking about because I had to go back and forth. Julia's daddy lived in Memphis and I lived in Birmingham, Alabama. So every third weekend we were meeting halfway and she would go with him and I would, you know, be on my own and figuring out what that was like and everything. And also stay at home mom to figuring out something to do, you know, in, in other ways and everything. And I also minored in psychology because I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do in psychology. And I was worried it would be so heavy. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny how things come full circle. And now, you know, I work with women in their closets and we work together to empower other women and people um, to live their most fearless and stylish lives and to promote people like you and brands and books and all of these things. And it's interesting how everything that came before goes into what's happening now, right? Yes. That's what... Uh when people ask like what my advice would be to younger people or my younger self, I always say it will all make sense later. Yeah. Like if you just keep doing all the things that you love, even if they don't link up perfectly in the present, when right. you look back, like literally everything I've done at any job I'm using right now. Exactly. It's really fascinating. And also you look back and you think, Oh, I wish I hadn't worried so much about that. You know, yeah, if people just that. like Dilly always says, stop worrying and put your energy into creating, which is, which is so true. But now I want to hear all about the bookstore. Did you, how did you design it? The look of it? What books did you choose? All of the things. Um, so I partnered with two women I've been working with at Zibby Media, Sherry Puzzi and Diana Tramontano. Mm -hmm. And we were in LA and had just gotten the lease for the store and sat at my kitchen, like not even sat, stood around my kitchen island to talk about oh. the curation. And one thing that was really important is that I wanted to counteract was the disappointment people feel when they're looking for a certain book and the store doesn't have it, yeah. right? You go into, you want to support indie bookstores. So you go there with your request and then they're like, I can order it for you. And you're like, right. this was a waste of time. So I didn't want that. I And mm -hmm. I wanted to really lean into what makes independent bookstores so special. And it's not mm -hmm. having all the books when you want them. But what it is, is the ability to act as a as a, a place for curation and recommendation in a way that bigger stores can't quite do as effectively, where right. you have booksellers who know the merchandise backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be able to communicate all the things we knew about the books because the three of us read like 8 million books um, and have it so that people find something that we knew they would like. So uh, at the time I was doing all these TV things all the time, like where people would say, what's a book for your sister? What's a book for your mother? Or yes, yes, tell yes, us about, yes. you know, book thrillers for this holiday season. So right. we kind of riffed on that and all the different bookshelves are a different topic or mm -hmm. emotion. So we have a whole mm -hmm. section devoted to how books make you feel, books that make you tremble, books that make you lust, right. books that make you cry. Then we have books by different identity types, including books for the anxious person, which is me. me we too. have, um, <laughs> books recommended by different booksellers. We have cur shelves curated by other authors because people always like to know what other authors like to read. Mm -hmm. We have books for the knowledge hunter, 
coming of age books, middle, coming of middle age, coming of old age. And so we try to poke fun at some of these categories in a lighthearted way to show like, we get it, we're readers. Right. And because of that, when you walk into the store, you can say, oh, I'm an anxious person who wants to like really loves my neighborhood. And you can go to the neighborhood shelf and the anxious shelf. Now you're down to maybe 25 books to choose from and you leave with something that is really going to hit home. Or some things. It sounds or some things. And that's that's the merchandise. And in terms of look and feel, um, I have like very specific taste. I, I'm all about hospitality, making people feel at home, wanting everything I do professionally to feel as intimate as I do it personally. I mean, I used to literally host a salon downstairs. I love design, um, not fashion for me. Um, I'm kind of not into that uh, as much, I think, because I'm so limited in what looks good on me that I just can't be that into it. But great. I love home design. I love um, picking things out. And uh, I worked with the contractor who had done my own home to do the walls. And um, I've become like a a very great customer of Wayfair, especially on Black Friday and days when things are on sale. And and, uh, Barrow and Ball wallpaper, Serena and Lily wallpapers, and um, blue and white stuff. And, and, you know, a beautiful – throw around on the sofa with like great coffee table books and plants and yeah, just making it, I put framed pictures of everybody on my team in my office. So it feels like a home. I want it all to feel like a home away from home. Right. So there you just used your psychology learnings. What does the throw do to a room? You know, and the same thing about style is like, you might not be uh, aware necessarily of what you're putting on your body, but you know, the colors and things that resonate you, but, uh, but your style is also about your surroundings. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and all of the things that make you, you. So, you know, that's really what we're about too. It's not necessarily so much about fashion as it is about, you know, your insides matching your outsides and your surroundings and feeling good and knowing who you are. Oh, I had a, uh, my mother just turned 75 and I had a little luncheon for some of her best friends yesterday. And um, some of them hadn't been to my apartment and they were like, this is such a happy home. Like, it just feels like such a happy home. And I'm like, like, well, that's, that's the joy. Yeah. Yeah. Colors. My name is Zibby. What do you (laughs) (laughs) say? That's awesome. And then, so you organize it by color also, right? At least at home, which we can see in the background. Yes. At home, um, I organize by color, uh, not at the store. That would be too okay. hard. Um, okay. But yeah, at home, I like to have it by color. And I, I really think I really think that way, that mm-hmm. like, it's easier for me to find something when I'm like, no, it had that yellow cover, you know? Right. <laughs> so. yeah. Exactly. Will you tell us about Zibby Media? Sure. So Zibby Media is the new name and we've just rebranded with a new website, zibimedia.com. And we're in the process of consolidating some of our Instagram accounts. And um, because everything that everything that I'm doing from my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, to the retreats that we do, to the books we publish, to everything is really linked under the same goal, which is deepening the connections between readers, authors, and each other. Mm-hmm. So decided to make it like an overarching brand um, that includes everything. So you know that if you're going, if you're taking a class from Zibi classes or you're going to a retreat or you're going to a book event for one of our books that came out, that you'll be around like-minded, bookish 
people mm-hmm. who care about authors, who care mm-hmm. about books, and who care about other people. Uh, and in that way, we've created this really wonderful community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ta- you know, what does it mean? Zippy Media includes our publishing house, Zippy Books, and we have a book that comes out every month in fiction and memoir. We have, so far, there are only women authors, and we have all women except one guy, Jordan, on our team. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we won't take men. In right. fact, we have a submission from a man I'm very excited about. Um, it includes uh, Zippy Mag, which is our online magazine, uh, where mm-hmm. we have deep dives into different authors. We have an essay written by an author every week, and uh, we do book roundups uh, and other fun things. We have a book club. Every month I pick a book and we meet with the author uh, and do a Q&A with her and also discuss the book before the author joins with the book club. Uh, it includes our series of Zibby classes and we have a whole new slate that just came out for this fall. It includes retreats, which we're doing every couple months. We have one coming up soon in Solvang in the Santa Barbara wine co- country for um, 60 women. We have one in Austin, Texas coming up. Um, we have Miami Book Fair. We're doing a whole retreat around that. I'm trying to plan one in Nantucket, but it might be too difficult. Anyway, so we have all those. Um, what else? Classes, retreats, events, and then the podcast. And then we have our own audiobooks that we produce for our books. Uh, we had been producing a lot of other podcasts. I've kind of narrowed that down to just mm-hmm. one other one in mine. Um, yeah, and it's it's fun. It's We're putting on lots of events, and it's just a, a lot of bookish joy. Boy, that makes sense. That makes me feel like all the things we're trying to do is manageable. That is so much, Zibby. That's wonderful. I do have a whole team now, though. Right, exactly. Um, you, have to, you know, the publishing yeah. company takes a lot of resources. So, I'm sure. Um, all of those team. things, setting up a retreat and all that. And then what are the classes that you offer? They're mostly writing focused and they're mostly taught by authors who have been on my podcast or other authors who I know or who approach us and have like a great topic or something. Mm But it's everything from helping craft your your brand as an author to pitching for magazines and or uh, how to write your first novel. Um, There are one time workshops like writing about, you know, enhancing how you write about scenery and place. And uh, so we have all all things like those yeah. types of classes those and also memoir people. writing and we have a writer's table. We have a writing group that meets every Monday. So that's awesome. Well, mom works with authors on their book tour wardrobe basically. So keep that in mind. If anyone's like, I have no idea how do I best represent myself as an author when I'm going to all these different cities, all the different climates. And I'm just trying to, speak to the book and not have to think about right. wardrobes. It's really crazy. The The book tours are so frenetic, right? They're wonderful. I think it's an amazing, you know, experience. And I think that the authors really desperately miss that. At least I know the ones I work with during COVID, you yeah. know, just um, it's true. having to do it online. But okay. Will you tell us about the books you've written? The books I've written, sure. Uh, the first two came out of the pandemic. And as I said, I had started a website that became Zippy Mag. It was supposed to be this beautiful new site, but it hadn't been built when the pandemic came out. But I had assigned a bunch of the articles, or rather the essays. So the first two, um, one was called Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology. And one was Moms oh, Don't Have Time wow. To Have Kids. Um, and so each of those, I had authors 
write about, not about what moms don't have time to do, but I picked like five topics for each book. And so moms don't have time to eat. So I had a whole section on authors writing about food um, or authors writing about sleep or insomnia or nap time or whatever. So um, it was, they were really fun and creative and I wrote essays for each of them as well, but it was mostly like Lily King writing about her daughter and just all these authors I admire contributing. So those I, 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 I compiled and worked with an editor to, to do so in 2020 and they came out in 2021, one in February and one in November. Um, I had a book deal for a children's book kind of fall in my lap through a friend. So I had a book called Princess mm -hmm. Charming come out from Penguin Random House last February or March. And then last July, uh, my memoir came out, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. And that was my story as told through scenes and books that I was reading at the time because I always remember what I was reading and where oh, I was true. when I read it. So it was telling the things I really wanted to get across you know, including, you know, this sort of circuitous career, uh, but also a lot of the losses that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of grief that came very early in my life. And so writing about that and um, writing about, you know, falling in love with my second husband and, um, you know, yeah. all of that. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, um, I've been trying that to get that story out, particularly of, of the 9-11 piece since. Right right after 9-11. And um, I was glad to finally bring Stacy's story into the world. And sure. then I have a novel called Blank, which is coming out March 1st of next year. And that is about a mom, wife, and best-selling author, Pippa, who lives in LA. The story takes place over six days in LA when her deadline for her second book is looming. And what happens along the course of that week as she comes up with the idea to hand her a book in blank because she hasn't been able to figure out what to write and thinks oh. it'll be an interesting commentary on the publishing industry as a whole. Yeah. So it's part satire, but part most of it, the heart of it really lies with Pippa and her relationship with her kids and her husband and her own um, sense of self and the way mm -hmm. she's able with, along with her girlfriends to find her own voice again. That's great. You know, one of my friends who is an author, her name is Patty Henry. And Patty, mm -hmm. when yeah, you Patty. go, you do, when you go mm -hmm. into Florida or wherever, you know, she's off in England in her mind, you know, as a writer, I feel like you, you get so lost in what you're doing and you look up and it's like midnight and you're, you know, it's like, where are the kids? Where, where is everybody? <laughs> so it's hard to switch gears, right? And I know for you to switch, I would think mom. And then all of a sudden here you are. Now I'm going to write this book. Now I need to make sure the retreats are being set up. I know you have a team, but to have the time to be creative, sometimes we feel like that's a strain too, because we're so busy doing all the things we have to do. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I try to do kid related stuff mm -hmm. in its own bucket in right. terms of the logistics of being the mom, not the actual being with the kids, but right. all the doctor's appointments and all of that. Mm -hmm. I actually have all these different email addresses. Mm -hmm. um, so when I go through my emails, which I'm sort of relentless and always paying attention to, uh, I have like a whole kid email and I dedicate time to when I'm going to deal with that. And then mm -hmm. I sort of put that hat on and deal with it all at a stretch. And then I stop with that inbox and move to a different inbox. Awesome. Um, in terms of being with my kids, you know, I'm, I don't find it hard to be creative when they're around because um, they're creative and fun and right. I don't know. Um, you don't need to be quiet somewhere off 
in your own? Uh, I can't, I can't, I couldn't write fiction around the kids. Yeah. I had to do that around nobody, no noise. I don't think. But memoir and all the other types of writing, uh-huh. that's fine. I can do that in a crowded room. Right. Um, but, but fiction took a different muscle. So I had to yeah. do that differently. Makes perfect sense. What are some of the things that you love most about books? Oh, I just, I love learning about people. I love putting myself in other people's shoes because I feel like I try to do that all the time, right? I try to imagine what it's like. And so books really show me what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, I love hearing people's stories. I never get tired about learning people's stories ever. Mm -hmm. And um, I love, you know, I love the feeling of uh, getting to surround myself with beautiful language, but then at the Mm -hmm. same time, moving on and having a book that makes me laugh out loud Mm -hmm. or a book that like tears at my heartstrings and I'm crying or so I, I love how books make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, just how much I've learned, even since I started the podcast about different people. Like I've been a big reader forever, but I've, I, I've just learned so much about people I, I might not have ever learned about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a podcast before this with a man. He was talking to me from his English classroom in New Jersey, but his whole book was actually about growing up in Alabama and as a biracial, um, yeah, growing up in Alabama, uh, it's called the in-betweens by Devon Loeb. It's absolutely beautiful. It's called a lyrical memoir. I never would have crossed paths with this man. I just probably would never have had this in-depth conversation. And instead I know all about him and Mm -hmm. his childhood. And I got to feast on the way he writes, which is so gorgeous. And, I don't know. I just marvel at that. I marvel at all the connections yeah. and I don't mean connection in, in a, in a networky way. I mean like actual true connection, um, true. like on like a more of a deep soul level yes, that I get yeah. every day. So d- did you do this podcast recording today? Mm-hmm. And you know, we're, yep. we're, we're from Alabama. That's right. I know you were just mentioning Alabama and I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> and then you're in New York. And then that crazy. You probably hadn't thought about Alabama and, in years, or maybe you have, but anyway, okay. I, I had it. <laughs> That's remarkable. His name is Devon Lowe. Yeah, D A V O N L O E B. E B Lowe. Okay, we will yep. definitely read that. There are some wonderful things about Alabama, and some challenging things that have gone on. So, look forward to reading that. I'll just say it wasn't even my idea. Uh, a new girlfriend I had met through our kids, Sarah Linowski, who's a middle grade author, uh, said, you know, I'm really good at figuring out what people should do next in their careers. And I was like, okay, I barely know you, but fine. Whatever. <laughs> totally happy to take your recommendation. Uh, and she thought about it for a few days and I was running into school and she was running out of school and she said, a podcast, you should start a podcast. And I was like, what? Why would I do that? So um, that's how that's how it started. And I originally wanted to write a book called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, but the agent I was working with didn't think publishers would find that funny. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's true even now, like when you own, when you run a business or anything, it's like you feel guilty when you're reading something that has nothing to do with your work, but you desperately want to escape everything and, you know, delve into a book. So it's hard to find time, but, you know, to do those kind of things. Yeah. But always worthwhile. Oh, totally.
we sort of talked about it a little bit, but how do you balance motherhood with your career? Um, I try to bring my kids into what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all done podcasts with me. Uh, I have another one next week that they're doing. Anytime my kids like a book, I offer to get in touch with the author, which I do. And um, I think they've grown up in this crazy world where authors are just people we can always access. Whereas for me, I had one author pen pal as a kid and it was the greatest thing ever. Um, So they're really into what I'm doing. I'm always asking them questions. I talk to them about, you know, even whether or not I should, should I let this person go or should I, what do you Um, think? Or what do you think my, my niece and my niece helps me design the bookstore. My nephew helped me design my office. Um, They're just into it. Uh, And my older kids who are now 16, they remember very well that mm-hmm. for a long time I wasn't doing really anything. And so they're very proud of me. Um, oh. The little kids have grown up with me being a working mom. So it's kind of different, but they all know yeah. that I'm building it, everything. Um, yeah. My son uh, who is eight is sort of my biggest reader, ironically of everybody um, and loves reading the books we publish. They play games with each other, like guess the, which book is coming out which month, like quiz us. Okay, March 2022, you know, so yes, they're just yes. really into it. They come to book events, they, they, I'm always dragging them to bookstores and they're just a total, they're just a part of it. And I'm, I'm really cognizant of, of sharing exactly what I'm doing because it's one thing to say like, I have work and go in and close the door and do sure. something that people don't understand. It's another to say like, you know, this is the author I'm talking to right now. What's it about, mom? It's about right. this, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm going to talk to him. So then I close the door. They know exactly what I'm doing. And then I come out and I tell them about the podcast. Um, or they say, like, why are you on your phone so much? And I'm like, I'm literally on the phone booking you an Ariel Silks private lesson. Like, give me Aww. a break. Do you know what I mean? Right, so, right, right, right. Um, so I'm just, I guess, transparency is the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say on a weekend, on a weekend, you guys, oh my gosh, my inbox is up to 542. Like, you know, I'm going to, I got to attack this. And then I'll call out and be like, I'm down to 320. And they'll be like, yay. (laughs) So um, yeah, I try to keep them involved. I have radically cut back on what I used to do with their schools. Like I used to be more involved and go to PA. I mean, I just don't do that. I go to the class events uh, for each of their classes. Once I go to curriculum night, but I no longer you know, go to the yes. optional things. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. And my older kids are at boarding school now. And so that still takes a lot of coordination and sure. <laughs> constant shipping them stuff and whatever. But, um, you know, I just do it. You just do it. I don't you know. Just do just, exactly you just do right. it. That's exactly right. Don't compare yourself to other people and wonder how, you know, they do it. But I think also what a gift you're giving your kids for, for being and having them be involved. And also if they like a book, you reach out to the author. I don't know if you have the author on the podcast, but they do the podcast with you for the author or anything like that. But that's just phenomenal. That's really amazing. It's fun. It is. And it's so nice for you to have the kids and you're a part of that next generation. Whereas so many people, maybe they aren't around siblings or younger people that much, but you really are getting to see them develop and how they think about the world. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's so interesting to be exposed Mm -hmm. to and probably Mm -hmm. helps you a lot with your business and your thinking about the future. Yes. And I'm really eager to see how this whole thing plays out as they get older. <laughs> you know, like, you know, 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they've already been some they've already been like, "Okay, so when you die, who gets the store?" You know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. That's so they're weird. all going to fight. I know. You have to have four stores. Uh, yeah. Bring one to New York for sure. Um, yes, working with Daria, you know, as my daughter has been really insightful too when she will tell me things about you know, how, how her group is feeling politically or how they're mm-hmm. feeling, um, you know, about so many different things that you were just come from a different paradigm. So it really does enrich both of our lives when we can have these conversations, intergenerational conversations. Yes. And how do you figure out which books to publish? Publishing a book a month, my goodness. Um, we get a lot of submissions. We have, uh, we have very narrow parameters about the topics. We don't do historical fiction. We do contemporary fiction and memoir only. Mm-hmm. Um, and I count contemporary as anything after I was born, which was 1976. <laughs> um, uh, we, so far, I said only women, but we'll see. Um, strong sense of voice and place, propulsive narratives, beautiful writing. It's pretty clear it's pretty obvious when a book is really good, honestly. I mean, we get a lot of submissions and some books are stronger than others. And when there's a book, we just read a book, all of us, that's so sensational. We're meeting with the author today. I really hope we get it. And we need our whole team to be on board because there is Mm -hmm. so much work in trying to bring it to market. So everyone has to be excited. And we're trying to be very picky and we haven't acquired anything in a couple of months because we've just been waiting for the mm-hmm. next great thing. We have, a, a you know, our lineup is already set through 2024, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'd rather we not do a book a month, but do six yeah. that are A plus. So um, for now we're, we're full on one book a month, but we'll see what happens. If mm-hmm. we get sensational books, then we'll do 12. So. Right. All right. What are your current book suggestions? Um, well, I'm currently listening to Tom Lake uh, by Ann Patchett. And that's narrated by Meryl Streep. So I'm having a lot of fun mm-hmm. listening to that. Um, we have a book coming out from Zibby Books called Hell If We Don't Change Our Ways, which is so good. It's one of those sensational A-plus books. It's coming out in early October. So you can pre-order it, but it's amazing by a woman named Brittany Means. It's a memoir about her very traumatic childhood and how she wrestles with the sense of memory and how she's put her life back together, even though she's still in her 20s. Uh, It's amazing. Um, What else have I read? I've just read something. This is not something I would typically read, but it's a history book um, by a man named Doug Brunt about Rudolf Diesel and... uh, (laughs) because I do like history and business and it's about sort of how he formed that company and why we should all know about Rudolf Diesel and we don't. Um, So I finished that recently. What else did I read? There's a book uh, also coming out next month called Remember Love by Cleo Wade. I love that book as well. Um, What else have I been reading? Um. Well, it's not coming out for a little bit, but I got an advanced copy of Anna Quinlan's new book, and it's mm-hmm. so good. Wow. So I'm excited about that. Um, what else am I reading? I read something. Oh, The Leaving Season is really great. We just had our book club meeting about that by Kelly McMasters. It's okay. a beautiful collection of essays that tells like a narrative and 
Um, she's an amazing writer and it's about raising small kids and how she was deciding whether or not to leave her husband who is an artist and, um, how she opened a bookstore and lived in the country and like really country like woods. Um, but it's about her. It's really, it's really beautiful. It's how she got through this period of time. That's one of my recent favorites, the leaving season. Okay. And did you say that's not coming out for a while? Or that is- that's out. That's out now. The Living oh, Season by Kelly McMasters. Okay, great. All okay. Right. Well, we will include, we'll create a blog post and article with all of these links Thank so you. that everyone can get access to these books as well. So how do you find new authors? I get pitched by all the publicists, not all, but mm-hmm. probably most <laughs> publicists with right. books coming out. Um, if the pitch on email sounds good, I will read. If they send me the link to like an electronic, I'll read a little bit. And if I like it, I'll ask for the whole thing in hard copy mm-hmm. because I need it here so I don't forget it. Yep. Um, but then even when I ask for hard copies for the podcast, then I'll probably choose maybe one out of five even that I request. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go through all the publisher catalogs that are on this website called Edelweiss. And... Um, you know, sometimes authors reach out directly. Sometimes friends recommend books. Mm-hmm. Sometimes other authors recommend books. And I, but I have to like it because I'm the one prepping right. for it, reading it, talking to the author, recommending so it. There has to be something that I like about right. it. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm sure just pretty much you get ideas about books from everywhere. You know. Yeah. They're saying something on somebody on TV or something like that. Okay. When you were interviewing all these authors, what are some of the top takeaways that you have gotten? The top takeaways are, um, it's kind of broad. I know, but it takes practice, Uh takes practice and time that you shouldn't expect your first novel to sell. Okay. That you have to write your first novel is so you learn how to do it, right. just how to do it. Your ah. next one is, so you try to do it well, and that's mm-hmm. your practice one. And then your third novel is more like, that should be your first time you even expect to sell a book. That's, uh-huh. So um, it takes a long time. I think another thing is the people who publish are the people who don't give up. And it sounds so obvious, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best writer in the planet. There could be probably somebody way better who wrote a be- beautiful short story, but they gave up and went on and did something else. Mm-hmm. You'll get your, if you just don't give up and you have talent, eventually something will hit, but you you have to just keep going. So a lot of people tell me that. I've learned a lot of authors have anxiety. <laughs> um, and part of that is, being so hyper aware of surroundings that right. makes you a good observational right. person who then can put that in their writing. Um, too. And I've learned, you know, you can't chase trends. Like right now, rom-com is such a big trend. Don't, right. don't write a rom-com if you're not a good rom-com writer, just because you think it's on mm-hmm. trend. Cause by the time it comes out, it won't be a trend anymore. So exactly. you have to stick to what you do well and what yeah. you want to do. And, it's too hard to write to trends, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and what else have I learned from all the authors? So much, but mm-hmm. those are great. But but so so many of them, their advice is to read, and it's mm-hmm. true. You know, you get so much mm-hmm. education from reading other people's work. Um, 
And mm-hmm. yeah, pick something you never get tired of, of talking about or reading about. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love don't chase the trends. We tell people that, you know, when they're choosing their look as well, but also the fact that don't expect your first book to sell and don't give up. Those are, those are all really important things. And I think important for writers to hear, because sometimes I've heard writers say it's a lonely, it's a lonely profession sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, It's nice. Well, that's, that's another thing is I would say, get, get feedback Mm -hmm. often. Like, mm-hmm. don't just toil away. Find somebody you want to swap your work with, take a class, take mm-hmm. a workshop, find a writing group, uh, have a, you know, just read it to somebody. Mm-hmm. But don't don't keep it all so secret because you're worried about it. It's right. better off finding out and mm-hmm. doing something than toiling in obscurity for two years and then finding out it's not working quite right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So what do you have any advice for writer's block? What someone should do if they're experiencing that? So funny, somebody yesterday just answered this question by saying, write in three word sentences until the writer's block goes away. <laughs> um, uh, tips for writer's block. I like to just write scenes. Like I like to think of writing in scenes. It's hard to say I'm writing a whole novel, but sure. I'm going to write that thing where there's that car accident in front of Like that's a scene. Mm-hmm. Like, so I... I think if you break things down into little chunks Mm -hmm. and just try to do the one thing Mm -hmm. and do that one thing well, and then put Mm -hmm. it aside, that's, that's accomplishable. That is great advice for life for sure. And um, the other thing I was thinking about too, that my mother used to tell me, because I loved to read as a child too, so much. She would say, stop reading and look out the window. We're in Nantucket or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, that it really naturally builds your vocabulary. Too. Yes. You don't even realize you're doing it. Yes. You know, my son the other day was like, I'm feeling a little melancholy. And I was like, is that right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh my so God, he's so cute. He's so oh, cute. That's adorable. I know when I'm reading, I'm constantly looking up getting dictionary.com. What is this word? Mm-hmm. Or trying, mm-hmm. learning new words constantly, which is amazing. And then if someone does write a book, what are your tips? How should they go about getting it published? Or an editor. What are all the different, there are a lot of different people that you have to contact. Yes. Right? An agent. Well, my first advice, if you've written a book, is make sure you've written a good book before you try to sell it. <laughs> and don't wait for an agent to tell you it's a bad book. Not bad, but just there's a really high standard for publication. And not every book is ready when it comes in. So you're much better off sending in a book to a publisher, which is like, ready to be printed. Right. And if you don't feel like you can take it further, that doesn't necessarily mean it's time to send it to a publisher. It mm-hmm. might be time to get an independent editor. It might be mm-hmm. time to workshop it with a group. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's done. It just means you need another pair of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And you should wait until somebody has read it and been like, this right. is amazing. Like try to get it to that point because you don't get that many chances with right. publishers. Great advice. It's awesome. I know it. Okay. And we are so sorry to hear about your loss on 9-11. And that is such a major event every single year. It is completely inescapable. Will you tell us how that changed your outlook on life? Oh, um, before I lost Stacy, I hadn't really lost anybody close to me. Certainly no one who I was like, our lives were so entwined. Right. Um, 
it changed the way I live because it's one thing to say life is short, but it's quite another to be packing up your best friend's sweaters mm. and, you know, telling her gym that she's not coming back and mm. putting her stuff away. And yeah. you know, it's just unbelievable to, when you're, when you go through all the things of shutting down a life, wow. um, it's hard to then live the same way again. So for me professionally, like I believe she was killed while sitting at her desk. Um, because she had just gotten into work in terms of the timeline, but who knows? Uh, so I vowed to myself that I would, if I was going to get killed at my desk, I had to be, my work had to be something where I brought my whole self to what I was doing. And it couldn't just be something like I was doing before, like marketing Pepperidge Farm cookies or whatever, but it had to be me that nobody else could step in and do exactly what I was doing, that it was like my thing. Mm -hmm. um, How old was I, she? She was 20. We were 25 at the time. <sighs> Um, and it, it's like, it, it just in a way has made me have less fear because if I don't do it, it's, it, I'll mm -hmm. forever miss the opportunity. And whether that's, um, trying a new thing or mm -hmm. launching a new business, I mean, as long as it's not, you know, <laughs> sure. be a big, you know, you know, on a smaller scale, um, I, you know, I'm constantly, it's, it's very top of mind of me, mm -hmm. uh, top of mind for me on a mm -hmm. daily routine basis that everything can end at any time, right. <laughs> um, right. which sounds dark, but it's also very motivating. Sure. Like I work against time every day. I am, people are like, do you sleep? I mean, yes, I do sleep, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like I am chasing a, an ever- diminishing hourglass every single day and mm -hmm. I'm racing. So I do things quickly. I read quickly. I, you know, I, I stop to smell the roses, so to speak, but I am fully aware, you know, mm -hmm. I'm 47 years old. Like, okay, what am I going to get done in the next five mm -hmm. years? Like, where am I going to be in 10 years? Am I going to want to be working at this pace? Like what, mm -hmm. you know, or am I going to want to be working even harder? Like, mm -hmm. where am I going with this? Um, and, uh, you know, it's also made me much more sensitive and I think helpful when other people have losses, right. you know, I've learned with loss, sometimes the most unexpected people are the ones who show up for you and are the most helpful. Mm -hmm. So I try to be that person mm -hmm. to as many people as I can. Um, it's just given me a, an even, I mean, I've always been extremely sensitive, but yeah, it's made me even more sensitive and um, yeah, it's uh it's just changed me entirely. Right. And when you say sensitive, are you talking about empathetic? Yeah, just um, sensitive, empathetic, emotional, um, uh, reactive. You know, I'm vulnerable. Things affect, things affect me very, very deeply. Yes, exactly. Um, in every way. Right. So. Which is can be a good thing and can be a hard, hard thing to feel yeah. things so intensely, right? So on one hand, you know, you're constantly thinking what it will be like in five years. And then on the other hand, you're thinking, well, I might not be here tonight. That's right. <laughs> it's a whole just kind of. That's this right. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So please. Sorry, Jenny, what were you going to say? Well, I would be remiss if we didn't ask about takeaways from business school. What were your biggest takeaways from, from that time of your life? Um, well, acad academically, we read all these cases and we're always evaluating 
what happened and what could people do differently. And it was some of the smaller decisions that led people to get off track. Um, so I think about things from an operational standpoint. I'm always like analyzing operations um, because I loved that class uh, and I very much appreciate operational efficiency. I just dropped my daughter at school and I said to like the headmaster, I was like, this place is run in the most efficient way possible. I love it. Thank you. Um, so I really got a lot out of operations. Um, I think, you know, leaning on other people who went to business school with me for advice. Um, I helped my husband's family start up a crumb cake business and I didn't know what I was doing in terms of that. And so I called a friend of mine who was in logistics and I was like, tell me about these frozen trucks that drive. How do I get it on? You know, so not being afraid to ask. Um, I learned yeah, the importance of collaboration in small groups we did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot. I've heard so many times that the connections that you make as far as like leaning on each other and collaborating and things like that and reaching out to ask questions of each other is a big part of the benefit of going to business school. Is it more, you know, as well as the, the um, knowledge that you gain from the classes. So where can people find you? They can find me mostly on Instagram. I'm on there way too much at Zibby Owens. Um, but I kind of use Instagram as my daily diary of sorts, visual diary of what's going on behind the scenes and all of that. Um, they can go to my website, Zibby Owens for all of my writing and past essays and news about my books, they can go to zibimedia.com for all of the company stuff. Um, I have a Substack where I write an essay every week, uh, zibbyowens.substack.com. And I've really gotten into that. Um, I even have a paid component where people can get behind the scenes videos of my podcast and extra excerpts and invitations and all sorts of fun stuff. So that's on Substack. And yeah, but really they can usually just find me reading. <laughs> um, the last question I had was, are you thinking about opening more bookstores, physical bookstores? I am thinking about it. I've had a number of opportunities to acquire other bookstores that I've turned down. Uh -huh. um, I would really like next to get a bookmobile. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. And I I think eventually I'd, I'd like to open perhaps one more uh -huh. Um, but not this year. I'm waiting. I, I think I need to wait a little bit. Um, but I do want to have something in New York, but I don't think a store. I'm thinking maybe right. more like a club. I don't know. Something yeah, yeah. different. Well, good. Well, keep us posted about that. I love my neighborhood bookstore or a little bit above me is the corner bookstore. Do you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun to go to, you know, um, meet the authors and hear them speak and things like that. So I think there's nothing like local stores bookstores. Yeah, agree. Oh, okay, Zibi. Okay. Well, is there anything, how can we support you? What's next for you? What's, what should we be on the lookout for? Um, buy the books we publish, spread the word about the books we publish. Yeah. Be helpful. Um, you know, buy my next novel blank. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, just spread the word about what we're doing. We're just trying to let people know that we're here and all the great things we're doing. So Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you, Zibby. Thank you, thank everyone. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Mm -hmm. Bye. All right.
Hai. Hai.